Hello, hello everybody and welcome to episode 65, weird kind of milestone, it's like almost near the pension age or what the yeah. pension age in Ireland used to be, by the time we retire it'll be like 95 or something. No, it won't be an option. But yeah, well, yeah. Like, get back to work. <laughs> you know when, like, the, what they call that, like, the retirement, like those dystopian films, we have to retire him. Yeah. I, uh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome to my Understood That Reference, our podcast that we immediately went off on a tangent there. That's oh, going to become a... Oh, we're informed tonight. <laughs> oh, we're ready to go. Yeah. Well, we had a good, we had a, we had a good, nice zing back and forth earlier on, so I imagine the rest of this will be terrible. Yeah, warming up the tonsils. Oh, Jesus, they're watered. They're ready to go. Oh, do you know what? <laughs> I've been watching. <laughs> you said that my tonsils are watered. Oh yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. That's oh. a, that's that's the game you play. That's the risk. That's the risk you take when you go in live, live, t- unprepared. <laughs> yeah. Oh Christ! Clearly, my my tonsils are unwatered. So I'm I'm gonna have a sip of this. But what what were you watching recently? Oh, you sure, stop! I was watching where Arrested Development sure was, and I just I was watching a bit last night, and basically I don't know what happened. But there was just, I keep forgetting how many good moments from that show. And I just keep, I continue to laugh again and again. It's <laughs> just a bit where Lucille Bluth goes, she's at, <laughs> Michael's checking out a hospital. And she goes, right, I'm off to the hospital bar. And he goes, there's no bar in, in the hospital, Bob. And she goes, well, Michael, that's why people don't like hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> I was honestly just, I had to pause it. I was cackling with laughing. Because also her delivery oh. is just is just ace. Uh, is it Jessica Walter? Uh, anyway, God, God bless her soul. But anyway, I'm ripping. I'm raring to go. Rippity rappity roo. Here we go. So so folks, there there is, and I I I was I teed myself up before the podcast to rob with this, but I didn't tell him what it was. He teed, but he didn't tell. Don't tee and tell. I teed, but not told. Exactly. So, uh, we're obviously going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about Uncharted a bit later on, and we're also going to talk about a movie, and this movie is coming up very, very soon, but I I rarely get this excited on this, I mean, I get excited on this podcast, but not like that. I just, usually, we kind of not know each other's thoughts about films, but we would kind of know in advance, maybe, oh, I I figure I think he's going to like the film or dislike the film, but... Today, we're going to talk about the Batman. In, in about five minutes, we're going to talk about the Batman. We're going to both say what we thought of it, because I have no idea of what Rob thinks of it. And uh, he probably he probably knows what I think of it. But I'm so genuinely excited to get your take on this. Like, this is one of those things that I'm like, uh, this is why we do this podcast, is because of moments like this, to be oh, honest. So, hold on to your tonsils. Oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> but first, before we get into that... A quick, a quick. How are you, Rob? You know what? What have you been up to, man? How, how are things? You, you all good? I'm, I'm, I'm molting, currently. Just, I'm shedding oh, my, God. I'm shedding my skin. Just, just getting the gory details right out the gate. You know yourself. Um, you have I, a very tactile. You have a very tactile experience this episode, Rob. Yeah, I gotta say it's very ASMR. I'll just get that. I'll get the sound Jesus. effects going. <laughs> Some people are going to really like that, and then the majority of listeners are going to hate that. <laughs> <laughs> the vast majority. The vast, vast majority. Um, yeah, I was. I had. A, I'm doing well. Yeah, another another kind of three week gap between episodes, folks. Apologies. I was. I absconded. I went on a, a nice little break. I think a long overdue break. I went to Florida 
<laughs> as, as random as that sounds, uh, with my partner, we had we had a lovely time. She she uh, grew up there, so she was she know she knows the lay of the land. But we went to Disney World for four days. We did uh, there's four parks. I I'm I'm a real newbie to theme parks in general, let alone Disney World. So that was a phenomenal experience. I can highly recommend, but um. <laughs> Make sure you can walk and don't bring your kids, because otherwise you're not gonna. <laughs> I know that. I know it's. It seems like it's for kids, but my God Almighty, I felt so sorry for parents just dragging kids <laughs> around the place. We were on a roller coaster at one point. We got on, and this thing, it's 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 a little bit rocky and rolly. It's a little bit of a bounce, but it's the Seven Dwarves Mine Train in Magic Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. It's a, oh man, everything wow. is themed. Everything has a story. Nothing is everything is deliberate. Nothing is fake. But anyway, the ride starts. We're at the very front, and my god, the second this thing crawled out of the gates, the 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 sheer howls of terror from this poor little girl from behind. So we spent the whole like, what are these? These rides don't last like thirty to forty seconds. We're here cackling because all you can hear is someone in sheer peril behind us but the beauty of it was when the ride ended she's like glued to her dad and obviously her dad just really wanted to go on some form of roller coaster <laughs> so dragged mm. his little daughter on with us they, they take the photographs of the of your experience obviously you at some point in the ride and they send it to your phone <laughs> in the photograph it's just uh the two of us with our arms up and then behind this little child <laughs> just clinging <laughs> <laughs> clinging to her clinging to her dad who just has this amazingly calm smile on his face just like just drown out drown out the tears you just you, you, you deserve this just drown it out you enjoy you enjoy the seven wars hello darkness <laughs> my old friend yeah. <laughs> it's come to- <laughs> hi ho hi ho the darkness is here we go hell <laughs> But anyway, I was I wow. anyway, look, I I feel like refreshed, revived, sunburned, all that good stuff after that trip. So yeah, that's a long way of saying I'm I'm doing well. Sad that it's over, but it was a whirlwind of a of an experience. But uh how are you keeping? What's the what's the lay of the, the land for old Rosser? What's he up to? For old Roscoe, I I think I'm really because of I mean, obviously I said on the podcast before that I had COVID, so I'm kind of past that. Ooh. And like since then it's it's been crazy because now I can do all the kind of catch up things and the pints and the meetups and the games and the matches and the, and the cinema pints. and the, and the, oh so many pints oh so many pints to be honest but it's <laughs> it's been great just catching up with lots of people catching up with friends I haven't seen in a long time kind of getting to go out a bit more do loads of things it's kind of just it, it's I don't want to say everything's normal because a lot of people are still obviously going through some 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 crappy stuff, but it's just been a great time to kind of be social and socialize again with people I've missed and friends I've missed. Mm. Um and like even even you know, I met met lots of random people. I met some other people who do podcasts and I was chatting them for ages and had great chats with them. Like just kind of cool stuff like that. So it's it's been it's been really really cool and I think obviously with the last 2 years being what they were it's just that great release that we've always wanted for so long. And it's just, it's been fantastic. I've had some amazing pints on Paddy's Day, lovely Guinness, some like great bars, great pubs, great cracks. So it's just, it's been really, really good. And hopefully long may it continue. And look, uh, hopefully this episode will be out on Saturday. And it's uh, one of the guys who listens all the time. He's uh, obviously he's from the same place you are, Rob. He's from Ross Common. Can uh, you believe it? Connor is his name. So can you believe it? I just want to say happy birthday Connor, to him. I, I'll get that amp back to you. I, I'll get that amp back to you. Uh, you know, give me another <laughs> few years. Might get it to you. 
something. Yeah, look, I don't even know how I have vintage. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's been good. So it's just been good times. And also, uh, IDW released both a best of Megatron and best of Optimus Prime Transformers comic that collects the best uh, comics issues of them, and they're both fantastic. So that's also. Put a bit of a spring in my step, as oh, they say. Oh, Scallywag. Does that include the Lost Light stuff? It does. Yeah, it does. And there's also a, a Best of Hot Rod coming up too. <laughs> Absolutely. The Lost Light. That's a euphemism I've ever heard one. The fact that oh, it's got, it arrives. That's, that's what it says in the packaging. Best of Hot Rod. Ross is like... <laughs> in the film. In the film, it says, Arise, Rodimus, which is also a, a classic. A classic Good line. Good God. Well, that's... Oh, yes. <laughs> that's on the nose as they say what, what, what a way to end how I'm doing yes. hot rod but enough enough nonsense as usual it's time for the meat it's time to get some meat on these bones some meat on these tonsils yeah let's do it we're going to talk about the Batman and like I said earlier I I am so intrigued to hear what you think about it but first before before you get into it hmm it's it's we'll keep this relatively spoiler free. Look, you know we always say we don't do reviews here, so we'll just kind of discuss some stuff we liked and blah blah blah, or maybe didn't like and, and all that stuff. Now, mm. I, I'm always aware I, I I come across as as aggressively cynical <laughs> <laughs> uh, on this podcast, so I, I, I'm kind of. Maybe I'm looking to you for a sense check here, so I really really quickly. Give my very brief thoughts on it, and then we can we can Go hear yours it. because yeah, uh, yeah. So, sure. I I did I didn't love this film. I, I really didn't. Okay. Uh, I definitely didn't. I definitely didn't hate it. It's it's not it's not it's not technically a terrible film, but and realistically, it's three hours long. If it was two hours, I think I would have looked upon this film much much more favorably. There, there there's not really in my opinion, a whole lot new in it. Everything that's in it has been done before and has been done a lot better. So because of that, I struggle. I, I kind of, I, I would like to have thought about this film in isolation, but I mean, it's a Batman film. You can't. You're going to, yeah, you can't. You're going to think about it in terms of the other Batman films. Well, it's impossible to just re- wipe from existence the memories you have of other franchises, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately, because of that, I mean, like, Christopher Nolan's trilogy, I think, are close to perfection. So, it's like, you're always going to struggle to beat it. So, you know, uh, it's always going to be a bit of a bit of difficulty. But I just, I didn't find this film maybe as compelling as everybody else seems to. I think a lot of the, the plot points are very drawn out, <laughs> uh, very, very weak. And even the villain, I, I, I just think, was a really, really bad way to take a villain that could be just done in a very kind of a, a decent way or at least a, a way that's not been done a hundred times before uh, and Batman himself is okay Robert Pattinson doesn't I don't know I don't I don't think he's great in the role the Bruce Wayne part is basically forgotten about and doesn't doesn't really add anything to the story at all and some of the action's good some of it's not so that's my brief thoughts no Rob you're my sense check buddy what do you think? Am I am I off base? Am I too cynical? Is my aggressive cynicism yet again taking over? What did you think, Rob? I'm surprised. I'm surprised actually in in your analysis because we you you just said beat for beat exactly how I feel about the movie. Like, really? And that sounds that sounds lazy now to say, but honestly, the bit where you said if it was two hours, you probably would have looked at it differently. That summarizes my whole experience of the movie. 
it's it's obnoxiously long. I, I, yes, I, for what it accomplishes, oh. I like by the it was still going, and all of us. I have to say, that I went with two friends, and we all adore it, like various incarnations of Batman films. We're not just you know, Nolan Knights. We can just as much enjoy the, the 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 rampy, campy, mad Burton ones or the Joel Schumacher ones as well. Batman Forever is a great film, and I will fight anybody who says otherwise. Okay? And, and, and a fun Robin, actually. I think they do they do a fairly decent Robin in there. Chris O'Donnell is in it, and he's good fun. <laughs> God, I could go down a huge tangent here. Hold me, throw me, kiss me, kill me. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> that I that for me the movie started. I actually thought it. I thought as it started, I thought it, I was very impressed initially with how it was establishing the world and what was happening. But just as the movie. Uh, continued the more it went on the more it waned if you'll forgive the bloody pun hey Uh, write that down but the the issue is then if a movie keeps getting worse the longer it goes then a three-hour movie is going to end up pretty piss poor by the time you get to the end of it i i struggled with the the pacing and the um some of the character decisions for me were weird i think despite the fact that it was three hours they wasted they had a huge roster of characters in there and they they barely scratched the surface with any of them and, it, and then when they did try and introduce them they kind of got in each other's way a lot of the time so from a character standpoint I, I, it frustrated me uh, i thought i thought batman was fine i i i was originally sort of liking the mechanics of kind of his gadgets and stuff but then i realized he actually has very little interesting to offer which means then that renders the action less interesting because he doesn't use his clever his technology to to kind of solve problems as much as we've seen in previous in in virtually every other Batman incarnation. What else did I kind of feel? Where else did I feel like it kind of sort of missed the mark? How, how do you feel about about so the villain is the Riddler? That's not a, a spoiler. How what did you feel about the villain? How do you very think- flat ending. Oh wow! I did not like what they how they handled the, the the end with him at all. I thought that was the weirdest kind of sort of meh finish for that character specifically like you talk about a fizzle out of existence like it was i think the movie in its decision making wasn't as smart as it thinks it was in terms of like i would only describe this movie actually if you were to take out the fact that batman is in this this feels like a this honestly draws more parallels to like prisoners by denis villeneuve than it does to a comic book movie it's slow it's it's menacing it's supposed to it's just constantly raining. Um, it's a, it's it. This movie plays it more like a, a psychological thriller than it does a superhero film, or especially yeah, it, a Batman movie. It's like Seven, the film Seven, if it had its like teeth kind of worn down and there was no bite to it. So that's <laughs> the the problem. It lacks it lacks any real sense of shock or like disgust or horror, but it's just dark and dour and. The guy whose birthday, Connor, obviously will be listening, me and him went to see it in the cinema. And we did the worst thing ever, which is we had a pint beforehand. And you know when you have a pint, like you kind of get the taste. And I was like, look, we were dying to see the film all week. Sat down an hour and a half in. I tapped him and I said, it's only on for another, it's only on for an hour and a half. There's another hour and a half to go. And his, he put his finger on his forehead, and it was like he looked like he looked like Charles Xavier in the X Men films. You know when he stops everybody <laughs> in the museum at the start. Yeah. I thought he was trying to do that, and he was going to like try and stop everybody moving so he could get up and leave or something. It was this, it was this look of pain, and like when you're watching a Batman film, you're not supposed to be just 
wanting to be anywhere else. I'm yeah. Rob. I feel so vindicated. I was carrying this this burden on my back for so long. So another one of my friends, he said the worst, the, the stupidest review ever. As in, he said. I couldn't in good conscience give it anything above zero out of ten, which is obviously what <laughs> was end up, but it's obviously hilarious in its in its ridiculousness. But it's not it's not the worst film ever. But God, it was after after an hour and forty five minutes when you realise that the story almost hasn't even really begun. Yeah, you start to kind of question what this film is doing. Like, yeah, and like and I and like the movie. Is also just deliberately slow, not just in its storytelling, but just in even just how the fucking characters are moving. The amount of times Robert Pattinson, as either Batman or Bruce Wayne, just slowly walks towards the camera, like he does it constantly. And I get that there, you throw that in here and there, and then then that means there's sort of this sense of menace and this sense of threat, like you don't know what he's walking towards or what could be there. By the tenth time, I was like, "Fucking hurry up! We've been sitting here for two <laughs> and a half hours." Like there's, I hope he's walking towards the credits at yeah. the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually I'm, it's interesting that I, it's funny because I I will go I like I went in I really was not only was I so pumped for this film I really really wanted to like it and I remember Me even too. found myself like I was catching myself throughout kind of going no just wait it'll it's going to ramp up and like it's going to you're it's you're going to get the the catharsis you're expecting just just give it more time this is all building up to a a satisfying crescendo but then when that supposed crescendo arrived it kind of first of all sort of the threat brought upon by that crescendo basically the the, the Riddler pulls off his final part of his plan and it, it kind of came out of nowhere I was like wait what the fuck what's this about where how does this make any sense where like there's been no reference to this at any point in the previous two yeah. and a half hours and now suddenly this is a this is a threat this is a risk this seems very strange and then then the sort of the action feels the same as it's been for the rest of the movie he's they 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 borrowed heavily from i think some of the video games and like they, they he's got far less finesse as a fighter he doesn't really use his gadgets a whole pile he's just an absolute brawler who just who just is able to ride hits and take an outrageous amount of bullets to his suit and just keep going so it means that if that's if that's your style of sort of like attack and defense nothing changes throughout three hours he just does the same thing over and over again <laughs> that's that's 100% true not he he doesn't learn he doesn't no. learn to dodge the bullets or anything he just just walks into them so he like, just constantly it, it, which yeah. makes for a really cool effect one time when he's in a dark corridor but outside of that you're kind of like Jesus, that's an awful lot of bullets you think he'd be winded or something like I know you're not supposed to take it too realistic but then the movie tries goes to great pains to make to be yeah, to be grounded. realistic with like like they make decisions like he has a wingsuit instead of a cape, which is actually the most realistic we've ever seen Batman when it comes to gliding. It's actually in the trailer. We just don't you just don't realize it. Sorry, well that's a kind of I guess a bit of a spoiler. Well, it's not really. He only no, uses it. It's you, only, not. you only use you only uses it once. Clatters into a bridge headfirst, survives, and um, never uses it. And it's it never again. referenced again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so because you because you covered it there, Rob. All right. It is time for today's. Unearned Bumblebee reference. <laughs> so you said there that the, the the plot point at the end of the film that the Riddler's whole plan hinges on is never mentioned before in the film and is just plucked out of nowhere. And strangely yes. enough, so is Batman's way of like kind of defeating the very last person he fights. He just pulls this MacGuffin that's never been referenced, never been mentioned. Oh, uses the thing, it. The thing on his belt. 
he takes some kind of like what I assume is an adrenaline shot. Yes, yeah. What was that about? It this green goo comes out of nowhere. He takes it. It gives him this like shot, and he gets up and he finds goes, the he, strength. He, he literally goes. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's the, neither of these things, by the way. The Riddler's plan that he does, or this green gel thing, is in any way referenced in any way I could see for the rest of the film. So, to bring back, I always say this, guys, because it's always about how you put things together narratively and how they flow. Remember in Bumblebee, <laughs> when the girl, Haley, obviously is like, you know, she's a swimmer, but she stopped swimming because she stopped diving because her dad died. But then Bumblebee gets caught and she has to jump in and she dives in and then he knows that she cares for him. Because that's an emotional beat that resonates because it comes back and it was referenced before. You can't just, at the very end of your movie, be like, oh, I just pulled something out of his belt. What is it? I don't know. Do I have to explain what it is? Yes. Yes, you do. Is it vital to the plot? Yes. Yes, because it's, it's the difference between him living or dying. In the movie, I don't. Also, incensed like, is if, what I was like. We're, we're we're just supposed to assume it's an adrenaline shot, but an adrenaline shot gives you an initial boost. You're still the, the injuries you sustained before would then still come to pass once the adrenaline has worn off. Apparently, it also cures any knock you've taken because he's totally fine. Now, this is me nitpicking a little bit, but I I found that that was a real get out of jail free card in the final sequence that really bugged me. Like, it feels like Batman is just about to... It's honestly more like a Catwoman kind of Michelle Pfeiffer vibe where you feel like he's got these nine lives and he's just working his way through them. Like, he yeah. survives in a... He somehow survives these impossible hits or blows. Like, there's a bit where he essentially gets electrocuted by about 10,000 volts <laughs> and just just walks away from it. He takes a bomb to the face. There's like a yes! timer. He could just walk away. And it's like, he cut, there's a guy with a bomb on his neck. And it's like, help the guy, Batman. Do something, Batman. Do something like maybe Batman would. And he just stands there and looks at him and watches as it blows up in his face. I'm like, oh, well, well, good job, Batman. Good job. He's impossibly close for it not to have damaged him in some way. Like his face should have got melted off with that. Like he was basically nose to nose with that guy. Um, and nothing happened. I feel pure vindicated right now. I re- no, I, I was- I'm surprised. I thought I actually thought you might like it, and then I'd be just bumming you because I, I, I couldn't find myself. I, I, God, I, I keep thinking back of bits where I wanted to enjoy it. You know, a lot of people have been saying how much they adored it, and I feel like people have gotten swept up in the fact that it, it feels different, even though it's not. Yep. We could talk about some of the positives. I thought the yes. I thought it's the it's so, the best looking one of the best looking Gotham's. I think it the Gotham. It feels like a Gotham to me. I, I thought it looked. I thought that looked really good. It, it felt gothic, and I know it's very. <laughs> I know it's raining all the time, and it's very dark. But I kind of associate that with Batman a little bit because he kind of lives in the darkness. And then the way they open the movie with this threat of he can't be everywhere. But if the you know if his signal is in the air and you see a dark shadow or you see like there's a yeah. door ajar in the corner, just the threat of him being there is scary to villains. Yeah, the fear it represents. The fear. I that was I that it's funny because that the movie started with that and I was like oh I'm in f- oh sign me up I'm in for this movie I, I like where this is going and then it kind of futtered about the place but then I thought oh no we're in business baby because the the introduction to the Batmobile I have to say is exquisite the the, the car chase yeah it's, it is it is excellent that car it, chase the way the cinematography it is excellent 
feels like feels brutal and messy and, and full of metal shards and real and even the fact that you know like when it's powering up and it just hangs for an extra minute on just the rumble of the of the engine of this this jet engine of, of this car kicking into life and like the seats in the cinema were shaking and i was like honestly my heart was like somersaulting that how it like that I, that got me that that gave me when you go to these comic book movies you want you want a bit of your inner kid to be yeah you, know, you, you want that that childhood kind of memory of like your love for the character to kind of be revived a little bit you want to have that feeling of like oh this is so cool really had that moment a profound that kind of profound moment when that batmobile was revving up and the, the the way the camera work is done is that like it's the camera is almost outside, so it's looking back. It's the penguin he's chasing after, and yeah. the camera is looking back. It's on at the car, the front of the car, on the car, looking back, so you can see the penguin's reactions as he's looking, and you as well as him are looking back at all this destruction behind him. And it's it, it, the camera stays on him, and the car flips, and every it is the, the it's filmed beautifully, and I loved that scene, and I thought. Excellent! It's going to ramp up and ramp up now. Yeah, this is keep going to be an exciting here, yeah. scene, and it just kept stopping. Then the pace was just so bad. Commissioner Gordon was excellent. He just for some reason completely underused, but he was excellent. Really goes liked for, him. Goes for most of the characters in the movie, but I agree. He's that. It's weird. I can't not hear him as Clementine. Je- Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright, isn't it? Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. He's very good, and he's kind of interesting. And I I do like how. He sort of he's kind of just about keeping the, the the cops at bay, but still brings him to crime scenes and stuff, and has to you know play that balance a little bit. And the the one joke in the movie is kind of between the two characters where he says you could have pulled your punch, and he goes I did. Yeah, yes, the the one the joke in the movie, yeah, yeah, the joke. It is, in the movie. it is the bleakest dour. I mean, you, I I know Batman. The team is that he's dark, but you're allowed to have a sl- you need a break you know you need a bit of a that bit, a you need a bit, bit of levity, levity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Christ because otherwise I, it's just it just feels like it's bearing down on you the whole way through the film like, very I, I'm, much ge- so. I'm genuinely shocked because I, I did actually I thought you were going to be a lot more positive than I was about it uh, and like I, when I when I walked out of the cinema I was like oh okay didn't love it and then the longer I thought about it I liked yeah, it less same. Like, you know the more, the more I kind of tried to find like justification for parts of the, of the movie, and like even the story is a little bit convoluted because it tries to tell too much. I think like it, like it, yeah. like when we're talking about characters here, like Gordon, I think is good, but again, he's an example of how everything was unused. I thought like Alfred was just a passing thought, and that was a part of it that really bothered me because he's he's such yep. a crucial part of the films for me. You know, obviously Michael Caine is probably the gold standard at this point, but I loved Michael Gow and all the other. He's basically in the in the Burton ones and in the Joel Schumacher ones, he's a, a long-serving butler and Alfred, but he's great. He like he's he's the voice of reason. This really calm, sort of warm voice of reason to the to the dour Batman. Whereas Andy Circus doesn't. He's not really anything. He's not really a character because he doesn't get a chance to, to to do anything in the movie of note. Andy Circus looks like he could take Robert Pattinson in this film. Oh, he looks like he should he's be wearing jacked. that suit. He looks <laughs> like, like an absolute yeah. He looks like an absolute London gangster. Like he's ready they give to give him this silly limp at the start to be like, oh well, look, he's got a limp, guys. I mean, guys, he's got a limp. You, you yeah. can't expect him to scale walls with a limp with a limp like this. Like, come on, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And look, I, a lot of the logic is you've seen a lot of this before a lot of batman stuff before so we don't need to repeat it so we didn't need the parents or the origin and stuff of like that that's fine like i'm okay with that but like 
we didn't really get a sense of like Wayne Manor or like the Batcave is is kind of just an underground tunnel. We don't like there's kind of detective work in there, but I I want I want more Batman gadgets as he's figuring things out. I want him to get in peril and he he fucking uses a, a a bike and then the, it flips a truck upside down or he he uses yeah. this this <laughs> rappel gun this rappel gun thing that shoots a zip line across a museum lobby or something you want to see him be creative in yes, what he does the kind of, you need you need the goofy silly uh, the kind of thing well, like that well it doesn't even have to be goofy it's like the ingenuity that he brings yeah. right there's less that here like he's he's they definitely try and give give him like this like he's an intelligent guy like he's able to solve all these riddles inexplicably he just knows all the answers to these riddles but on the as, spot <laughs> like there's a bit where like he just knows to look in a cage like, like there's like that's not really that's not him you know working and figuring things out like that's not him testing the shrapnel of a bullet against a brick wall that's just him looking around a room and finding something you know it he 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 doesn't leverage the skill set that the character automatically has by default it's it's okay to use those things if other movies have used them because that's part of the the character I think I will say though the music was excellent very good yeah and again because it married so well it's like the world they built was incredible yep the the music with the Gotham that they had very very atmospheric like really intensely atmospheric and that's a great thing you said there because the world they built was so immersive and dark and and you and you're like oh i wonder what's in the corners of this world yeah but then for some reason the world itself is really boring and like the character motivations even like the riddler is just so boring and normal that i'm like i don't i don't care about this these are terrible and like even bruce wayne is just this boring kind of gaudy teenage character i'm like uh, this is boring. This is dull. You've created this amazing world. I want to explore the darkness. I want to explore what's over here, what's over there. But you're giving me these really banal, dull characters to inhabit it. So it's really, it's a really kind of strange contradiction in terms like. Yeah. The more I talk about it, the more disappointed I get. I, I think the the movie tried too hard to be different at times. And then it, it kind of, as a result, it kind of it let itself down this this sort of hole where oh well, fuck we're stuck we're committed to this kind of yeah, some of these decisions now because of yeah we're in it now yeah we're in it now how do, how do we get out of this decision oh well we'll just add another hour to the runtime maybe that'll get us out of there <laughs> we'll give him some green gel he'll be grand he'll and, be and, grand and it's funny because I think the Dark Knight is a good two and a half hours I think the Dark Knight Rises might be pushing two hours forty but they don't feel nearly as long because you know there's clear acts in it there's there's yep. there, there's it's you know pace really well in terms of there's there's plenty of interesting action and the action is different each time it's the pace by the way it's you, you you it's the pace i would i was literally watching tv the other day and the dark knight came on and it was about an hour in so i was like Look, i'll watch 10 minutes of it i ended up watching the whole thing through the end of the movie because the pace is just perfect it's you're constantly moving you're constantly moving forward whereas this film it is just stops Something tiny will happen and it stops for 45 minutes. Yeah. Something tiny will happen and it stops for 45 minutes. Okay, Rob, last thought before we move on. Before we move on to Uncharted, what's your last thought on the Batman? I think they went in with good intentions, but they they missed the mark for me. And like, because I'm, I'm a big, I'm a bat fan and I'm, an, I'm a fan of our pats. The our bats combo didn't deliver, unfortunately, I don't think, um, in my humble opinion, but... You know, some people seem to really like it. But, you know, best of luck to you. There's two more of these movies anyway, so we'll yeah. see if they get it right. On a TV show with the Penguin. Who was, who, who was underutilised as well, I feel. Yeah. Again, but that's because like, he has a TV show coming out, so they're obviously yeah. like, well, well, hey, hey, rein him in a little. Zoe Kravitz is very good. I enjoyed her as Catwoman. 
completely underutilized. Yeah, exactly, exactly. She didn't. She they didn't give her enough to do. No, no. And she, I think she's probably been the most, other than Michelle Pfeiffer, been the most interesting Catwoman we've seen in a long time. So I was hoping they would use her more, and obviously they do not. Uh, I just want to say really quickly, my last thoughts were: I loved uh, Robert Pattinson in Tenet. Don't love that film, but I thought he was excellent. I was like, he is going to be an amazing Batman. And somehow, because of the world they designed or whatever, it, 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 I just don't think he was. I, I just couldn't... The, the bat suit, fine, but Bruce Wayne, they just totally gave up on that character for some reason. Yeah, mm. it's too long. Give me a two-hour film, I would say. I would be much more kind to it if it was two hours. But yeah, three hours of this, 100%. I was struggling. Maybe maybe seeing the midnight show as well. That's why I'm extra <laughs> punishing about it. Yeah, true. You're leaving, you're, the cinema at half, you're leaving the cinema at half three in the morning. You're just like, I wanted more out of that if I was going to give it three and a half hours or whatever of total watch mm-hmm. time. There yeah. you go. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's why Batman... That's why you felt... The whole reason Bruce Wayne is interesting is because he, he's got a fake real life where he pretends to be this playboy billionaire swatting around the place. And then he's this really vengeful prick in a bit of Batsuit at night. Whereas he was just a vengeful prick in both forms. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. How about it's that? It's not who I am underneath. It's what I do that defines me. Bruce Wayne, Batman Begins. I'm sorry. Look, for listeners who like this, I'm sorry. We You have to compare it to The Dark Knight because that's the gold standard and it just... You have to. The Dark yeah. Knight. No, now, okay. We've been so cynical there as again, as usual. Oh, well. Look, there's good parts. Look, we, we, were, th- we were trying to be honest. We have to be honest. Yeah. You have to be honest. But... As, uh, let's move on to something we can both gloriously talk about in, in such high praise. I okay. mean, it's getting tens out of tens everywhere, guys. It, it, you've heard about it. It is, of course, Elden Ring. I knew that. Was, I knew it was coming. I knew that <laughs> misdirect was coming. Nah, we're not talking about Elden Ring. This like we're talking about the exact opposite of that because Elden Ring is like 90 hours of your life and you grind and you die loads and you get really stressed. This is Uncharted, which is the exact opposite of that in that it's a beautifully paced, wonderfully lovely, breezy, enjoyable, but deep game as well. So the the way we're going to do this, because we're not going to do a big discussion about all the games or a big huge 10 minutes each of them. But what I want to do, Rob, because okay. I just finished Uncharted 4 so yes. about a week ago. So it's fresh in my memory and I have all these great ideas. I want to get, I suppose, what would your... If you had to pick maybe two highlights from the entire series off the top of your head, because I haven't planned this either, what would Ooh. they be? If you want, if you want, I can throw out one first that is, that is like completely always fresh in my head. The moment it happened, I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. So. Go for it. Give me, yeah, kind of warn me. I, I want to get a sense of where you're going, but um, I, I already yeah. have a couple, but I'm, I'm just in case, just, just to avoid any overlap. Okay, Uncharted 2. All right. I, I, I did, Uncharted 1 is grand. I didn't think it was as mind-blowing as it's everybody fine. said. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. Yeah. Does, but it then, hasn't aged well. That's, it was good at the time, but it hasn't aged as well. It's not as timeless. I will give it that, because I did play the remastered ones. But then I was playing Uncharted 2. And along came, I'm going to say the train bit, and everyone's going to go, whoa, 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 but it's not the train bit you're thinking of. It's not the train bit from the very start of the game when you're climbing up the train. It's the actual scene where you're fighting on that train. <laughs> and you're like jumping from carriage to carriage. You're hanging off the side. There's like a helicopter that comes after you. There's guys throwing grenades and you're shooting and you're jumping and you're climbing over tanks. And the train is constantly moving the whole way. And like the trees are whipping against you. And you're, you're, you're trying to like desperately to avoid like train signals and station yes. signals. And my mind when that first happened. I was like this game was released on a PlayStation 3. And it's... 
it just flowed phenomenally. It looks amazing. And it's it just got that free-flowing action that just... You, you play and you Doesn't feel quit. you feel empowered and you feel great and you feel like, oh, I can grab a gun off, some, kick somebody off the train, grab their gun, fire at the guy who's on the other side, throw a grenade into like a barrel behind me that's going to blow up and knock some other guys off at the same time as I jump to the side of the train to climb across. It was, oh God, it was one of those gaming experiences that I was like, this is only the second game in the series <laughs> and know. this is what's happening here. Like, <laughs> Dante did such a good job of so that that I know that the train sequence goes across at least two levels, potentially three, so like two and a half, I think, in terms of how it, which is it, it, it we just show, to give you a sense of this, there's a sense of how long it goes on for. It's not like it's not like a quick time event or like a a quick five minutes of excitement and then oh no, <laughs> and then you're done. The like it's amazing how the fact that you're stuck on a track. But the level gives you so much freedom to have fun with that environment, and it it's it, it has this very clever looping system where you never you, like you're like you could just stand on the train and it would keep going through. It, basically, it progresses through it to a new type of geography or terrain. Yes. When you get past a certain stage, but it does it so seamlessly, like where it goes through a tunnel and then suddenly you're in a snowy mountainside, the far t- side. But the ability though, the whole time throughout those levels, to you can clamber on the outside, you can jump in windows, you can stealth your way through certain sections because they, oh. you can work your way along the, the the. There's even a bit like where you can get hit, like if you're hanging from a window, and there's a guy inside and you're on the outside of the train, and somebody hits you, you can fall down and he'll grab the bottom lip of the, the train. The bottom hit, of the yes. And his legs will be <laughs> kicking off the ground as he tries to clamber back up and and like then you can you can drag the guy out the window and. Like, you you can you can kind of approach even though it seems like basically like you're fighting down a corridor you can approach your kind of your attack in such a fun variety of ways and the finale like how that how that the train secret the, the train crashes and everything it just oh it's it leads to the iconic opening in the in the movie which is which sets the scene actually beautifully for the rest of the game but yeah that that's I, I- and speaking of pace and Batman earlier, that like that level is so fast paced and you're constantly action, action, action. Mm. And then it offsets that with this yes. very slow kind of methodical, you're just kind of climbing, there's no enemies around. But then when the enemies do show up, because Nate's kind of injured and it's all kind of, they're all a bit slow and he's like kind of, you know, the, 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 the snow is blowing the his blizzard, face. The blizzard the is coming blizzard, in. Oh, it's it's so clever and so well done and for a game that is very linear and you're on a track it, it's so well designed so that fun. it doesn't feel linear at all because you can like you said you can go on the sides you can go on the roof you can like skip over everybody basically or you can like stealth in behind them or grab some of them out the windows and throw them off the train it's just brilliant and all the while, like to your point, you have the you have the added risk of like dodging train signals or overhanging yes. branches depending <laughs> on what side of the train you're on. And everything. I like, and then it resolves itself nicely because he, when you also, you sort of succumb to your in- injuries temporarily, and then the game and the game does the, the games tend to do this kind of habitually kind of throughout the series where they realize the importance of taking a breath even in a video game. Yes. For after that, you're just strolling through a, a village in Nepal or is it Tibet? It's in the Himalayas essentially. And it's just a quiet, folksy little village, you know, no mod cons or anything. And you've just been saved by this guy. And you just, you just kind of, you walk away around town. You kind of get to know the locals. And it's just... You, you, you can press triangle and he waves at them. And like he nods at some of them. I didn't even you know can, that until I randomly pressed it. Yeah, you can pet a yak. You can play football. <laughs> with, with, you can, yes. You can pet a yak. Don't forget the axe. Christ, oh, don't forget yes. the axe. The, the, the axe are important. 
Yeah, so that's yeah, that's a top tier choice. I can give you one of mine. Go for it. So I, I it's funny because I kept saying to Ross that like he was enjoying that the first the original trilogy one, two, and three, and I said like you were like how are these games so good? And I said you're not prepared for four. I cannot. You're you're st- and no matter what you did next in the games, I was like you're still not prepared for the level, the jump that is Uncharted four. But for me, like uncharted is clearly an homage far beyond that it but it, the core of it is an homage to indiana jones and this rollicking kind of rambunctious adventuring and just daft explosions and impossible yes. set peak sequences and stuff <laughs> skinnier teeth kind of stuff skinnier yeah. teeth just and, yeah like like by a whisker he gets by every time so all that culminates so beautifully and poetically that there's a there's a sequence where you're in a jeep you're racing after your brother and you're tearing through downtown and there's a there's a there's a gun truck chasing after you and like the detail is astonishing you're going through people's backyards you're taking clotheslines with you you're you're knocking through concrete you're bouncing around the place then you realize you have to you're running out of road basically as you're approaching this convoy of baddies and you use your rappling hook which is a mechanic they brought in the fourth one which is really good fun (laughs) and you fucking rapple onto this the, the the crane the hook of a crane that's overhanging on this truck and then you suddenly you're playing essentially raiders of the lost ark where you're hanging behind a truck on a rope and you're dragging you and he's whipping around the place and you can control yourself and and then there's bikes and quads going by and you're actually able to pull out your gun and even though you're sort of slipping and sliding you can kind of sort of aim and you can take them out and there's even a bit where he kind of he can sort of stand up with his two feet momentarily it's, t- it's he's like pure skin. it is pure indiana jones and it's the way you said it, it's pure radius last time is the best description i could give of that scene it's so it's, it's that it's is so it is. raiders it's absolutely raiders and like i remember I was I was I would intentionally let myself die on that level that that, that sequence where you're bouncing around between and like the it becomes a, a fairly familiar sequence in Uncharted from the second one onwards they they employed another fun mechanic where it's loads of vehicles kind of crisscrossing and obviously they're on pre-prescribed routes but it feels kind of organic anyway and basically you, you kind of as one vehicle gets damaged you jump onto the next one but this is evolved to just another level of detail where. <laughs> Like <laughs> all sorts of stuff is happening. Like explosions are happening. Like you can jump into a jeep, and you can decide what vehicle you go to next. You can hit guys off motorcycles. There's sometimes where guys will jump onto the bonnet of the jeep that you're in. For example, if you drive through a little shack that'll that lock them off, or you bump into another car, then you can abandon that jeep and jump onto it. You're just you're just you're just getting onto the next one, and then it explodes. And oh, and then then it culminates in this this moment of. <laughs> You read, yeah, your brother, and I. This is this is the next gen kind of stuff they talk about, where you, your the jeep you're in gets tumbled, it gets it gets jackknifed essentially, and you're upside down, and you're kind of sort of dazed, and the car starts to it, it if a fire ignites kind of in the in the dashboard, and the fire slowly kind oh, of it is. trails around oh. you while you're stuck in the mud under the car, and there's he's trying to wiggle his way out, and you can really you're holding your breath because you can really sense the the struggle of him trying to there's the detail like he actually nudges the hand the, the, the gear stick and everything and then he bursts out of the door and he shoots some guys and it comes and the, even the, the control scheme changes to you're not moving him anymore but you're moving his hands to yeah, grab onto like to parts things. of the car yeah, to, to pull him out and it's so it, it's so instinctive that you're like it just becomes you're an extension of the game it is yeah. so clever and then it like it culminates in this and then this bit feels very scripted you're not doing very much but you're chased by the this same truck that has this massive machine gun on it or whatever and you're kind of tearing through a, a shipping yard or whatever 
and just the, the it, it 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 that section you have less control in but it 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 very much delivers on the cinematic oomph to like close out that whole sequence and it's just such a satisfying and the, the icing on top th- the icing on top rob because you even told me this about the part after um oh the, the where you where you bump into elena afterwards Yes, you get this, you get this, like, you're so pumped up and you're so excited and you're so, and, like, the characters actually are like, yeah, oh, can you believe that? Can you lads, lads, this? lads, let's do it, lads, oh, yeah, yeah, the boy, yeah. And then and this emotional wallop just hits you in the face. And that's when then the, the pace just slows right down to be like, this is real life now, you need exactly. to Exactly. Oh, this, it's so It's good. like, your choices have consequences, basically. Yeah. It's it's brilliant because and, and it's such a good like act sort of break like that's the real halfway crescendo of the game and you're like on such a high and then the game yeah. just pulls the rug from under you and makes you feel really bad like you feel guilty because yeah. also the, the character animation is just extraordinary like the facial expressions are so nuanced like elena's face when you walk in like she looks so just betrayed and upset Oh, it's and it, it, it's a perfect because you were saying before like with the the, the, the trifecta wasn't it you were saying that your three things are like was action story and characters I think you were yes saying? yeah it's like, that, that's it's the a, basis of what they try and and like obviously they try and weave them together in such a like a in this perfect harmony that's what they're always striving for and that, um, that scene for me is the culmination of that because the story is met the characters are displayed because as you're driving down, Sully is like bantering to you and Nate is joking with him and they're like, you know, joking, oh, I won't let you drive again. We'll come back here. And it just, and then the action, it just flows magically. This like, this wonderful thing is created. And like, <clears throat> it's amazing because the, the, obviously I was going to pick that part too, but I'm actually going to go for a different part in Uncharted 4, which is so similar to that. But almost, Please. I, 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 oh, I hope the... you're going to say what you're going to say. Go for it. So oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if you are thinking of this, but I'm going to say it. It's actually in a flashback scene after a real emotional punch of a story beat as well, and all of a sudden you're young Drake and you're young Nathan Drake and you're there with your brother, and all of a sudden the police come outside a house, mm. and you just have to run from the police. That's all it is. You have to just run away from the police at night. But it's the same mechanics as that chase, as in. It, the game doesn't tell you where to go, but you just instinctively know. Obviously, the levels are designed so well that you instinctively know. Oh, I, I can squeeze past the cop if I go there. You don't have a gun or anything like that. You're not trying to hurt the guys. You're just trying to escape. And it's the way the music is like really built up. It's really serious. Obviously, you're not going to kill anybody. You know what that they're going to get away. But it's just it's done so well, and the way the level signposts the kind of jumps you have to make and the climbs you have to do and you, you at one point you run towards a, 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 what you think is an escape it's like the, the gate yeah. and all of a sudden two cars pull up and the gar- the, the cops get out and run after you and like instead of you, you know obviously you do that instinctive thing where you're like, Shit, I, I turn around and when you turn around instantly you turn back around to Sam being like oh quick this way this way this way and obviously the game knows that you you're react. going to make that choice and it just because it's that really clever design like the chase you were talking about but because it's so much more it's so much more subtle and so much more subdued here because the stakes aren't like the world's going to end but the stakes are much more emotional because of what you just found out and because they're children there's more there's more danger there or something it's more it's more personal chase yeah. but it's uh, I think it's I, more I innocence loved, as well. in, yeah I loved that part 
Love you it. Hint, and within that, you hinted on something crucial to how they like the Uncharted games. While they're always been, to be fair, they for the most part they've all been extremely well reviewed, especially from the second one onwards. But the one criticism that that's always leveled against them, and um, without fail, is that they're too linear. But as the games progressed, they got clever, more clever, just smarter and smarter at hiding that linear path. Yes. In moments like that, where you com- you're convinced you have complete control and where you can go. I but made that I, decision. I made that decision. Yeah. But no, it just, I, I just... I had no choice. They were going to get me. I, I had I had to turn around. Yes. Like it's, it's so... Yes. It's it's just immaculate uh, game design. Uh, I love that. The, the, I think the the way they build out the, the, the story with the two brothers and those flashbacks is... That even that, that, that whole level in that house is just... I did not see that coming. And it, it was so satisfying from a character standpoint. The way it and sort of I, I'm just... I'm so glad that they decided to take bits of it and butcher it by putting it into the first movie for no apparent reason, <laughs> not to touch upon any of the actual core pieces of it, but yeah, just exactly. sprinkle some shit bits of it on top of an already disgusting shit cake of a movie. <laughs> you know that movie has made $350 million. Of course it has. Of course it has. So why mm. wouldn't it? Yeah, I All get right, one Rob, more go. go. I get one more go. And yeah, this is it. the... So I kind of... I went for the... What I felt summarizes the bombastic action so effectively, like the culmination of years of them making a chart. That's what that. That's the first one I picked. Then, from a character standpoint, honestly, I think one of the best character beats in the whole movie, and it still sticks with me. It's kind of a, a two-parter because one leads to the other. You keep saying movie as well. It just goes I, to show you man, how I, I keep critical. I, these I always are. call them movies because of how it feels like you're playing like a, an adventure <laughs> movie. Throughout the movie, you feel like. Nate's marriage is on the rocks but like you know the, the mission goes on anyway he, he keeps going off with his brother but there's this really interesting moment where you think the game is nearing its end but it doesn't it again pulls the rug from one of you Nate gets separated from Sam and Sully but Elena saves him and there's this really powerful sequence of levels and just them just kind of getting out of the woods Not no real combat just sort of puzzle solving of them just kind of it's almost like a, a, a marriage counselling kind of level yeah where their relationship is really on the rocks and they start sort of talking through it while also just kind of doing stuff together. And if you've played the other games, that's additionally satisfying because they normally do that in the other games with such because they're young and they're only their their relationship is new and you know, everything's fun and it's kind of we're, we're, we're living life on the edge and like there's no real threat to like a, a relationship falling apart. Whereas this they've got a whole history behind them and they've even teed that up from earlier in the game where they've They've showed you his his car his quieter lifestyle that he had, he had kind of committed to at the start of the game, and what she wanted out of life as well because there's actually a whole focus on what she well but it's her, her life too. But also yeah, but like the consequences of his actions and and her commitment to him that she's still willing to risk her life because even despite his disloyalty and his his constant insistent insistence in just putting everybody at risk, she still goes to save him, and it culminates in this incredibly powerful moment where they get in a jeep. And they just drive. And this music starts... Honestly, I can feel chills going down uh, my uh, spine now. All the sound. The other... The other... Like the ambient sounds and all that of the world. Like the branches and the trees and the wind. That all dies down. And all you can hear is this music. This score. Oh. There's this beautiful score. As she kind of... it le- Basically, they have this... There's a code scene where they have this horn set. Yeah, well, I guess, you know... That's like, and she kind of leaves it like the kind of it, it's an unresolved conversation. She kind of leaves things are still in the balance where you feel like she's still close. She it's almost like she's undecided if she wants to stay with him. Yes. And then, and it's so genius because she says that to Drake in the cutscene, and then it seamlessly pivots to you controlling him. So then you have to sort of sit 
with that, she gets the final say in the conversation, and then you have to sit in the car with your t- thoughts of I've betrayed her, and this she's given her piece, and now we just have to drive with the music. And as and I, as it happens, because the the camera is so clever, the camera moves slightly to the side and shows you this whole like mountainscape that's beside you as the music just takes over, and all the the usual the driving sounds and all that just disappear, they just drown yeah. out, and it's like. You feel shell shocked, and again, it's great because it's not the the world ending or someone's going to die. It's more important than that. It's, it's actually, real life stuff. It's like it's this the is real life emotion. Consequences of real life, oh. and it's this brilliant sort of. I'll even get very nerdy here. It's this juxtaposition of this is the culmination of how the game, how mature the games are. Where this juxtaposition of this look at the incredible scenery and the adventure they're on, but they're sad and they're depressed because yes. what it has cost them personally to get to this point. And uh, honestly, I was genuinely, this sounds so kind of weird, but I was welling up at that point. I was on the verge of tears of how, because it's such an amazing payoff to get to that moment. Because it's not just that the the fourth game leads up to that point so succinctly. It's like, you have a whole history of four games, three and a half games at that point of these characters. But also, the game doesn't do that trick anywhere else with the music. So this is like 80%. Yes, 80% into a game. And this new thing you've never seen before. So it just hits you like properly dead on like a ton of bricks. And you really are, like you said, you're left with that. Oh God, it just sits in the pit of your stomach. And you're like, no, no, yeah. come, I want a cutscene to come back on. And I want them to solve this. Yeah. How, yeah. How do I get it? How do I, I no, I have to just, I have to, I have to just sit with my actions now. It's the, the same way you're saying how you're bought into, into believing that you made the decision to turn and look to your brother for help. It's sort of the reverse of that in the sense that you're tricked now into thinking, because you're you're so inex, you know in, intrinsically linked to Drake as as the player of that character that you feel his guilt because of how yes. it transfers ownership back to you oh. after the cutscene. It's really smart stuff, and then it even resolves itself like way way later. Oh, I mean, way that's, later. That's still the main moment. But there's, there's, then there's this really fun moment of this little character beat, which I was like, just this is kind of more of an honorable mention where they seem to finally kind of work through their issues after like ages later like they they work this like they let you deal with your consequences for a while but then there's an explosion elena takes a tumble and honestly like you you're 100 percent convinced she dies like she's gone yep and she's kind of lights out and nate's just going elena 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 and then she starts laughing and suddenly we've come full circle but there's just this really funny moment where he gets pissed off. He's just and like, you can see me. his facial expression is yeah. so pissed off. He's so worried and pissed off. He's like, you give me a fucking goddamn heart attack. And that is the resolution of them finally. And then there's like, then they say, good talk at the end. And that good talk yeah. is the previous like five levels you've played with just Nate and Elena working through, you know, where they want to be and what they are as a, as a co- And like, why? Like the fact that they put that in, a, in the video game like they could have chosen not to try and pull that off, but they did it anyway. I know for people listening, this is kind of hard to understand out of context, but the character, the commitment to character in it is is second to oh. none. And that goes for movies as well, honestly. Like, it's better than most films oh, in terms of... Uh, do, do you know, I always talk about things like and why I like comics is because it's all about character. And I, I think character is more important than just action because it, it drives stuff. And like the other Uncharted games are great and there's great stories to them. And I, we picked three moments from Uncharted 4 here. And that's not to say the other Uncharted games don't have lots of deserving moments. Because they do. Lots of honorable mentions there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but just the way Uncharted 4 does it. It is... It, 
blew my mind. I like I knew I was going to like it, but I didn't expect to like it nearly as much as I did. It is a phenomenal experience. And mm. the fact that it's six years old now is just crazy. <laughs> and you were saying that you're glad you played it now because it would have you wouldn't be able to enjoy all the other games that you've played beforehand. It would have ruined the, the PlayStation 4 for me. The last six years, the PlayStation 4 ruined because it, I would have played it. How have you played any other games, Rob? You charlatan. Hon- I, honestly, <laughs> I, 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 there's a reason I give up on like certain stories in just your... <laughs> it's not uncharted. It's amazing to me how like I've been I've been wearing Ross down for years about these games and it's been I've been like yep. living now vicariously through his every time he sends me a text or oh, the glee that I get when I realize he's at a certain level or at a certain sequence or like there's so many honorable mentions like the, the the games do that we mentioned how like the games were good at like taking a pause like where of course you have to mention in Uncharted 3 where you're, the you're desert hanging, you're oh. the desert but you're, you've you've fallen out of a cargo plane you somehow survive and even that action sequence beforehand is really fun but then it's just you wandering through the, the desert and it the vast the vastness of the sand dunes are around you and it's really isolating that's like that's really powerful and like even there's a bit there's there's an incredible sequence on a on a cruise ship in the third one that you could forget about because the games are just so jam-packed full of amazing action sequences but basically the ship is in a storm so it's just constantly listing so as you're walking oh, to the God, level... Oh, God, I forgot about that <laughs> like, entirely. Tables and cups and chandeliers are, like, drifting, like, left and right in front of you. And, like, it, it changes the your ability to, like, stay in cover. Because, like, even in the fourth one, they break the mold of the linear stuff. And they you, you, you do this, like, all right, there's 12 towers in this vast, vast area. Go explore. Here's a jeep and a winch. Go explore. Off you go. Just do some treasure hunting. Do what your character is built around. Do some treasure yep. hunting. I I only did about like three of the towers is the worst thing. Like I will put that part on again. Exactly. Because you can go back and enjoy it. It's so good. It's just the amount, just the right amount of open world that I want. That is not a 60 hour commitment. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fantastic to be honest. But look, see folks, we're, I'm not always cynical. When I love things, I love them. And this game, oh, yeah. I loved the, all four of them are great. But Three and four are just next level stuff, and four in particular is just next level stuff. Mm. Like, and again, like it had the benefit of building on the success of the last one, so they like of the course, studio yeah. mature matured with with those games. But like the the result is just insane. That that's how you do Uncharted. Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, ye sons of bitches! How dare so, you? Oh. How dare you let us down? <laughs> how could you do that to us? Look what you've done to my boy. Anyway, I don't know why I put on a Christopher Walken uh, impression for The Godfather. But look, with that bombshell, uh, I guess we've reached the end of, of our latest episode. I hope you all have had fun listening. I hope mm. you had a good time. I hope you agree or disagree with some of our, some sure of our thoughts. Tweet, there. tweet, tweet at us at Capital Says. Tell us, just say it, just, just give out to Ross and say, hey, Ross, I, I actually like the Batman. Feck off. To be honest, uh, we're definitely going to get a lot of that, I feel, because <laughs> a lot of people like this film. And anyway, but, yeah. uh, a lot of people should probably like the other Batman movies. So just before you make any rash just d- decisions, just, re- just think about what the other ones are like and then remind yourself of what you sat through. For yeah, this. the three hours you sat through for this one. OK, just think about that. <laughs> yeah. Think on your sins. Yeah. I mean, look, again, are we going to do that? You can find us on all the podcast platform, guys, where, yeah. wherever you listen to podcasts. Spotify, oh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, there you go. They're the two big ones. SoundCloud as well. And it's just, I understood that reference will get you there. And they're exactly. all there. It's all pulled from the same source. It doesn't matter where you listen to. We'll know you're listening. You oh, we'll know. Oh, we'll know. But I guess, <laughs> realistically, all that is left to say is that I have been Ross. 
and I have been Rob and this you know my tonsils are well and truly droid out at this point so this has been <laughs> I understood that reference it's because we were gushing about Uncharted yeah. that's gushing. why all the Literally gushing oh, all the gushing no liquid oh, left no. oh no <laughs> oh, slaunch, everybody. Listen, take Bye. care of yourselves get out of here <laughs>